places and all that. But we just decided, we got this kitchen here. Let's just do it here. And uh, so the cost for, for this Saturday is $10, and it's covering two breakfasts. It's, it's also paying for the ladies on the next week. I hope that makes sense because we want to go ahead and uh, we've got, the guys are going to serve you girls. You don't have to do anything but show up. So, you know, I'm saying, you know, that's good. And, and right now, we really, we want tickets. We didn't have tickets. So, uh, but if there, you can see Scott, uh, he's right there carrying the legendary robe. Uh, uh, yeah, stop it. <laughs> so Scott will help you or the secretary, Kim Milgate, you know, if ladies, if you know, because we want to make sure we have plenty of food for everybody. You can bring a friend, you can bring a guest, and obviously your friends and if you're bringing somebody to check the church, there's no cost for that. We, we'll cover all of that. We're just trying to, to start utilizing our facility, and we're excited to do that. So anyway, um, the ladies are on the 8th, um, and then the men are this coming Saturday, and we're just tickled about what that is doing. The youth, as far as that goes, 180, we are working on our logo and uh, it's looking pretty sweet, and uh, so we're hopefully in the next week or two we'll we'll get it back from the uh, the printer and the designer and all that stuff, and um, so that will start happening this Thursday. The youth don't want to miss Thursday because 180 it is potato night, and uh, so potato night they have to check this out. They have to bring a potato, a, a baked potato, not baked, but you know just a potato. Look as much as they can make it look like them not a mr potato plastic i've had kids do that i'm a mr potato head no not that one but i've had kids rob barbie of her hair or or a ken doll and scalp them and stick it on their potato and do whatever and they came as a look and there's a prize it'll be a great prize awarded to whoever does the best job with that and the message is going to be geared towards something in in the realm of what we're talking about and the food that night is going to be a potato bar Every, you know we'll we'll bake all the potatoes there's no cost and then you know all we'll have all kinds of toppings they can have for their potatoes and all of that but um don't miss this thursday you need a baked potato and let your mind go. <laughs> and uh, you might need to, you know, I've had kids dress them in clothes. I don't know exactly how they made that work, but they made it work. Little hats, little all kinds of stuff, and they came to say it was crazy funny. And uh, the games will be geared towards potato. And uh, that should make uh, Sean's son, T, happy because all he wants to do. I said, what do you want to call the group? He goes, the potatoes. Everything that night was potatoes, so all the students will be like, I don't know why. But anyway, he'll be happy for that night. So we're excited about that. We're, we haven't actually, that group is growing. We probably have an average of close to 15 students now. It seems to be growing every week, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. So it's all good. <laughs> How many had a good Thanksgiving? Isn't that awesome? I mean, just a, an excuse to be able to loosen your belt, right? Awesome. I want to talk to you for the next several weeks about what's under your tree. And then I, I'm real excited uh, as we start next year just to be talking about vision and, and what God is doing and then some things that he wants to, to do here at TLC uh, just to, to up the level of where we're at. Uh, and so that's good. And one of those things I think he just ordered today. That was amazing. How many feel better that they kind of broke out of the mold a little bit? And you could see, I can't dance. <laughs> you know, I would do this. I mean, I'd do this thing like that, and my kids would be like, "Dad, you dance like that all the time." 
That's as good as it gets, my friend. I don't know. There'd have to be uh, some kind of a dancing anointing spirit hit me to change. I, I, I don't know how to dance very well. But you know what? I, I want to lift up and give God praise. Is anybody else warm in here? Yeah, maybe uh, wherever Tom is, if we can turn that down, uh, that would be great. Well, I want to talk about what's under our tree. And so if you have your Bible, you want to turn to Matthew chapter 2. You know the story. Um, and, you know, we'll look at different authors uh, as far as in the, uh, the book talking about Christmas, obviously. But I want to talk about just this story and kind of what it relates and what we can find out of it. 1 through 12 says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the time some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers in religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Bethlehem in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures their treasure chests, and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Father, as we begin to just go into this, God, help us just to understand. Put some puzzle pieces together for us. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. What's amazing to me is Herod had a, he had an ulterior motive. He's not on board with this whole Messiah thing. So he is saying, hey, when you find him, come back and tell me because I want to worship him too. That was not his plan. Isn't it great that God knows hearts? So God warns the wise men in a dream and says, don't go back there, go another way. So this is something that brings comfort. As I read this today, sometimes we can't control what all those around us, can we? But we're going to have to just trust God because God wants you safe. He wants you to be healthy and he wants you to live a good life. That's his will. It's in the book. There could be people that don't like the book. And maybe, you know. So I like reading and saying, God, okay, I see how you you protected and did all that. But in the beginning, you know, the wise men, they gave gifts. And so really God started the whole gift giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God, you know, in, in the Old Testament, or excuse me, in the New Testament, then these wise men, they come and they start giving of gifts as well. So I'm talking about Christmas. Because we all know, we've all grown up in America. Christmas has been materialized and commercialized and all of those kind of eyes. It's been there. So the giving of gifts, material items... So if we were understanding, you know, these wise men, because that's the thing, they, they gave material items. What could we get? Now, these guys are, these are sharp people. They're, this, this isn't Larry, Curly, and Moe. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give him gifts, sweetly. I'm not, it's not these kind of guys. These guys are good. These guys got some, you know, 
These are the original head and shoulders guys. They got some good smarts. Okay, so they are on a serious mission. They had a goal. They had a cause. They had a reason. They had a burden. They had to do this. And so they wanted to carry out this mission. They brought gifts, but the gifts were from their heart. They, in other words, they, they had some tie to them. They, they meant something to them. So these wise men are understanding, at least they're setting a precedence. And Christmas has gotten some, somewhat carried away. So many times we give something and really doesn't have any meaning except sometimes to get rid of it because we don't want it and figure somebody else wants it. You ever been there? We've received gifts over through the years that you're like, okay, great. Thanks. Don't know what I'm going to use with a pickle slicer. You know, I don't know what the gift would be. I mean, I could, I could say gifts, but I don't want to do that because, you know, I just... But we could think of things like, you know... Um, we had people... Now, these are some true stories. I, I had somebody that um, wanted to give a chair to the church. They wanted to give a chair to the church. I said, okay, great. Well, when, they, when I saw the chair, it was completely torn. It was ripped. Stuffing was coming out of it. Springs were sticking out of it. And he said, we want to donate that to the church. And I, and I got them offended at me because I said, the church doesn't want that. And they said, you, you need a chair in here. We don't need that chair. Nobody wants to sit on that because it had been an explosion as soon as you sit on it. They got offended, but they wanted full giving credit. Could you give us a receipt for about four or five hundred dollars? I wouldn't give you four or five cents. Well, see, that's sometimes our mindset. We are we just want to unload something. But these wise men, they were well to do. They were wealthy people. They had money. They had cash. They had moolah. They were from another country. They were they were from Iraq. They could have brought their gifts. A different way. Let's, I mean, they could have done them UCS, United Camel Service. They could have sent, because these guys are wealthy, they could have sent somebody else in their stead. Please go give this gift to so-and-so. Give this to the Messiah. Tell him our best wishes. But let's talk about the journey. Because, see, they had their heart invested. Something had spoke to them. God had sent them. And there was something invested that they wanted to deliver it personally. It meant something to them. I feel the Lord's anointing in this place. So many times we're set on something and maybe we don't like the journey. But it's the journey that defines us sometimes. Sometimes on the way we we like the destination. Who doesn't want to go to Disney World? Ha! Hi, Musketeers! We all do. Sometimes the journey is an experience, isn't it? We got to Disney World. We were so excited to get to Disney World, and the wonderful people at the airplane had left our luggage out in the rain, and we didn't have those hard cased luggagey thingies. So all of our clothes got wet and bleeded on other clothes. What? Well, is bleeded a right word? Bled. They bleded. 
<laughs> so, you know, I, ha- I had a, uh, a Rocky Mr. T t-shirt. I was like going to wear it at Disney World. It was kind of pink all around the top. Rocky don't wear pink. It's light red, but still. I'm just saying. So sometimes on the, on the journey, there's things that happen that we'll remember. But it's how we handle those things that help us get to the destination. Sometimes we'll let the journey ruin our destination. Because we'll get so upset on the way to somewhere else. By the time we get to where we're going, we're too upset to enjoy it. Let's just stick on that for just a second. Have you been like me? Sometimes things just go, you feel like they're just going wrong and all you wanted to do, I just want to do this. Help me, Jesus. You try to get your kids out of bed on Sunday morning when my kids were little, they would be up. They don't have any trouble getting up Christmas Eve and Christmas Day morning. Man, I mean, before the sun's up, get up, get up, get up. Come on, come on. Come on, it's time to open our presents. But on Sunday morning, you could got to take a pry bar. And just like, I don't want to get up five more minutes. You better get up. We're going to learn about the love of Jesus. Get your butt in the car. <laughs> These wise men, their heart was invested in the task. I'm sure they had some experiences on the journey. What did we feel? How did it happen? There's some things that help us. I mean, we just recently, in the last few months ago, we went to Disney World. Now, just a shout out to my son-in-law, Justin, and his, his wife, Mallory, who led worship, my daughter. They made that trip amazing because he did everything. So my journey there, it was just like we'd be at the airport. Dad, here's your passport. Here's your Here's your ticket. Here's this. Here's your this. Here's that. We got here. Here's our room. We're going to go here. We're going to here. We get on this bus at this time. We do this. I'm just like, oh, you're amazing. <laughs> you know, so he made my journey. An, that, that vacation was a great vacation. One of those reasons is because what I experienced along the journey. Perspective. Look at verse 2 of what we read. When we saw a star in the east, we've come to worship him. At verse 9, they went their way. Verse 10, they saw the star, they rejoiced. Verse 11, they came into the house. Opening their treasures, they fell down and worshiped him. Opening the treasures, they presented to him gifts. It was given something that it meant to them. They had to do it in person. They had to give something. This is what I want to give. Let me give it. No, 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 no. I got to give it. It was thought out. There's that saying, we've all heard it, it's the thought that counts. Sometimes, but really, you know, if I went up to my wife and said, I know it's our anniversary, I wanted to get you something, I thought about it, but eh, it's the thought that counts. (laughs) Kim, where are you going? (laughs) You see, that doesn't help. Sometimes I I get that, but, but these guys thought this out, like, man, they knew What was happening? They knew what was prophesied. They said, what could we give him? They thought it out. So I want to talk about the way that we give gifts at Christmas. What's under your tree? The way we give gifts at Christmas in this culture. 
What pushes us to buy gifts? What makes, you I mean, do, do we really think about it? Here, here's one way. Number one, how about a copycat gift? You know what I'm talking about. You got a gift, so you got to go buy a gift because you got a gift. And you're going to go buy a gift about the same dollar amount of what you got in return because that's what they spent for you. See, listen how quiet it is. I'm not saying nothing. So you're going to go to Walmart or wherever it was or the dollar store or whatever. And then sometimes gifts that don't cost much, that doesn't mean they're worthless. I'm just saying sometimes we are just, and I'm telling you, in Marion or every city USA on Christmas Eve or, or just before, there's a lot of money exchanged. How many went shopping Black Friday? People are always in great moods on Black Friday. No. <laughs> So, you know, you, you just have to understand there's that, that thing where we, I'm getting this because you've got me something, so I feel like I have to get you something. It's kind of like tit for tat. There's the, number two, the strings attached gift. They're going to get you a gift, but there's strings. You could call it the Pinocchio gift if you want. Because we want gifts with no strings. They, they don't really want a gift in exchange, but I'm going to do this so if I need a favor, you're my guy. And that's cool in a kind of way as long as you do what they want. If you don't do what they want, then they're, they're really ready to tell anybody that will listen after all I've done for them. It's kind of like the strings attached gift is the gift with offense. There is an ulterior motive behind the gift. Our third thought, and this one's good, is a heart gift. The heart gift, the best way I can describe it, is like what these wise men did. It is from their heart. There's no price tag on it. You can't pay it back. If you wanted to, you, you, you just can't. God gave that gift when he gave his son. Jesus died so you could spend eternity in heaven. How are we going to pay that back? We can't earn it. We didn't deserve it. You ever have somebody give you something that was just purely heart motivated? Just something that they just, they thought of you. They knew it's something they were supposed to do and they did that. I want to tell you a story. My son Sam, he's not with us today. He's uh, uh, at a church in New Albany. But the house before the house before the house, two houses ago, we lived uh, out in the country, 16 acres. The best, if you're a hunter, oh my, you would have loved this. I had four deer stands in my land, and I had my 16 acres butted up against hundreds of other acres. It was, it was crazy cool. Turkey, I never hunted turkey, but deer, amazing deer. Just amazing hunting. Beautiful land, everything. And, you know, God had given us that house. When we were pastoring in another church, we lived in town in a small village, and I was mowing the yard with, my, with the mower uh, that the, the Lord had given me from the last house. If you remember that story, we prayed for a mower, and somebody gave us $900, didn't even know that, and said, duh, and the rest was history. I wore that mower out on this new property. I fried it up. 
I mean, <laughs> we did. My neighbor, my neighbor bought it and put a new motor or something in it, but, you know, it was crazy. But it was a 42-inch John Deere Ryder. I wore that thing out. But anyway, uh, when I was mowing the yard in New London in that little village we lived at, the Lord spoke to me when I was on the mower. And I was thanking the Lord, now listen to me, while I was mowing the yard. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for this house because he miraculously got us that house, my wife can tell you. We got it, and, and we were in that house in less than 30 days. It was crazy. And the Lord had showed me and said, she'll be sitting in front of her fireplace on Christmas Eve, and that's exactly what happened. And I was, so that next summer or whatever summer it was, uh, I was mowing and said, thanks. And the Lord spoke to me immediately. He said, you like this yard? Wait till you see your next one. I was like, oh. <laughs> and because, you know, I love country. I love to hunt and I love country. And the Lord had told her what to look for at the next house. And this next house had all that. And, and uh, so the day that we had to leave, we, we came to, you know, we had already started the church. We were driving an hour and 45 minutes one way. And uh, we'd load the kids up bright and early Sunday morning. I had to load the sound equipment, unload the sound equipment, set it up, and all that stuff. The only, at the beginning, family that helped us were the Wyatts, because they'd been with me for 18 years. And then, uh, you know, my, my sister came and all of that. And, I mean, it's just been an amazing ride. The journey. And so, uh, you know, we were, we were setting all that up, and, and it was time to sell the house. And there's a whole story of how the house got sold, but... I didn't want to leave. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I didn't want to leave. I loved, Kim had made that house amazing. And I could walk out my backyard and I had horses. I had to sell my horses. I mean, because I was a cowboy in, at heart. So, Glenn, there you go. I'm, well, I had to sell my horses. Uh, I didn't want to, but we did. We, you know, we sold everything to do what the Lord told us to do. Um, and I remember that day I was sitting outside. And I was saying goodbye to this land. The, the truck was there. It was loaded. We were getting ready to go. And I was having trouble. And my son Sam came up to me. And he, he brought me a piece of paper. And he had drawn on it a deer stand and a deer. And, uh, and then a, a, he drew a picture of this. And you can show that picture, Ron, if it's uh, up there. I had in two trees... On this land, I had carved in the tree by these deer stands. I, I love Kim. I heart Kim. And so, you know, they were awesome stands for me. And God had always blessed me in those. And it was just, that was always cool. So I'd go sit in the stand. I'd, I'd touch the tree. And you, I mean, I, I might, you might be like, you're so sappy. But <laughs> just about, anyway, I, I started crying. Because I was just emotional. I didn't want to leave. And he said, Dad, if God did it for you then, he'll do it for you again. That gift, I still have his drawing, was priceless. That picture, Kim still has that picture. I can't put a price tag on that. I can't pay that back. It's non-repayable. So how do we give a heart gift? I'm going to just show you maybe a couple of ways to give a heart gift, a couple of things about it. I realize a couple of things. First, it's not for sale. If you're going to give something for your heart, it, you can't, it, it's not a, a bought. It's something that, you know, you might have to buy something. I get it. But it's something that you thought through, something that God placed in your heart, something from your heart. It's priceless. It's pure in its form from start to finish. 
the cost of that is not even negotiable. My mom is in the building, and when I was in school, I was in art class. I was going to be a, a, an artist originally when I first started college. But I had, in high school and stuff, I, uh, I don't even know if this was high school, but this was middle school, actually. I was in art class in middle school. I made for her a goofy dog that you painted and that got fired and all that stuff, you know, so it was all shiny. It was a basset hound. And we used to exchange that every year as a fun, goofy, you know, somehow I'd get it to her. One time she gave it to me or something with a wig on its head. Yeah, my sister said, did you smell that wig? That was nasty. <laughs> but so I gave her the dog and, you know, and uh, when I came home, she saw me out the window riding my bike with a box with the dog in it with paper flying out of the box, you know, shredded paper because I was like, I was so excited. I was going to bring that home. And I gave it to her and she set it out. And I also made what she made to be a toothbrush holder. It's supposed to have been a glass. It was a sad, sad glass. It was crooked and bent, so it was kind of like that. And, you know, I had tried to mold it and do all that. And she ended up putting it out as a toothbrush holder. And so, you know, what I thought, she's not going to like this. I did the best I could at the time. She had put it out for display. And there are people that come in, and as they had people from church come in, and they did you know, food and stuff at the house from time to time, they'd say, that's an interesting toothbrush holder you have in there. And she would say proudly, my son made that. And they just thought I made it as a toothbrush holder. <laughs> this is what I realized. What I did was my heart gift to her. I didn't have a job at the time. What she did was her heart gift to me. Here it is. She was not ashamed of this gift, although to look at it, to someone else, they'd be like, that's garbage, but not to my mother. That's what a heart gift is. My sister, well, let me, let, before I even get there, let me, let me do this. Uh, Maddie uh, is... Uh, Back in the max, watching your children, helping with those. <laughs> but when Kim would be sick, my, my wife, if she'd ever get sick, or one of her siblings would get sick, Maddie would immediately go into nurse Maddie mode. She would get her maybe grilled cheese she couldn't cook yet. We didn't allow her to. <laughs> but she would make grilled cheese in the toaster, or or she would make tea, or cookies or she would do you know she whatever we had maybe a pop tart or something something that she could get she would surround you with her stuffed animals she would draw you a picture she would write you a get well card she would just go over and say you're gonna can i get you anything she she just began to just take care kim would wake up and she'd be surrounded by stuffed animals uh, it's almost every time if i'd ever seen and this is in the 80s anybody saw et Remember E.T. and the, his head is in all... That, remind me of Maddie. Not the head. I'm just talking about all the stuffed animals. You know. But she would just do that. That would be something... She didn't... I didn't tell her to do it. 
I didn't say, hey, go take care of your mom. Hey, do this. It was something that was inside her. Something that said, you know what? This is something that I want to do. It's something from my heart. I want her to know how much I love her. It's a heart gift. It was pure love. See, the thing I'm trying to tell you this morning is, I don't know what the world has done with Christmas, but we've got some of it backwards. We've been put the emphasis on the wrong places. It's really not about all the loot you're going to get. You know, I just hope that you can score me a good present. No. It's about the greatest gift. It's about the Savior. It's about the heart gift. I'm not against buying great gifts. I love to buy great gifts. I love to buy, I love to buy my nieces and nephews great. I just love to buy gifts. Because I want to think it through. What do they want? Ooh, I want to get that. But I think we also need to pass on some heart gifts. Gifts that last. We were at my sister's for Thanksgiving last week. You heard me say that, so I got to, I got to go off the, the plan and eat a little bit. That was a heart gift. I was at Charlotte's on Thursday. That's another heart gift. But anyway, she had made her kids these houses. She made them, put them together, and put all these little miniature things inside according to what each of the kids had different tastes. And different, there's some little different things in each house. Put their initials on the house and all that. She brought, And there's little lights in there, so it's kind of like this little tiny world, so to speak. She gave that to them that day, and we got to see their faces, and their faces were like, oh my gosh, mom, these are beautiful, these are wonderful. Can I tell you, I have no idea what each house cost, but I bet you right now, you couldn't go to one of my nieces or nephew and say, I'll buy that house from you. They'll be, it's not for sale, because that was given to me and made by my mother. You can't buy that. Gifts from our heart. These are not gifts that you sell in next spring's garage sale. They could be gifts of time. Sometimes you just do something for somebody just to give them some time. We lived an hour and 45 minutes, as I said. Sometimes we would make, Kim and I would just make dates. You know, we have to make dates, actually. And we have to do that now. And we have to actually, you know, if we're honest, we need to get better at it. Because we've been trying to get everything in order for the church. So we need to take time to do more of those things. But sometimes she would just, you know, when her kids were little, all she got was, Mommy, Mommy, I want a cracker. Mommy, Mommy, he's breathing my air. Mommy, my brother hit me. Say, hit him back. I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, she's just, it's just little kids all the time. I want that. He got my, no, you know. So I would just take the kids one day. I'd call my mother-in-law and say, can I bring them? She'd say, yes, because I'm not dumb, because I know Grandma will help watch them. So I would drive an hour and 45 minutes, take the kids and spend all day at grandma's house. Because then Kim could take a four-hour bubble bath if that's what she wanted. She could read a book. She could take a nap. She could do whatever she wanted without the normal routine. Have you ever given gifts like that? Just gifts of time. They could be gifts of service like Maddie would do i just want to help you i just want to do that if i can just help you that's all i care about i just want to make things easier for you the greatest gifts i've ever received 
were gifts that probably don't have a price tag on them. They didn't go get at Walmart. So as we unpack this today, this won't take very long. Service is, you know, uh, a little bit longer today because we did a little more worship, but that's okay. Um, we, we need that. Here's number one. Give the unexpected. So break out of your yearly routine. Give an unexpected gift. Do it maybe different than before. Not just the same old tie, same old cologne. Now, I love my mother and she's here, but no kid wants to get underwear at Christmas. Thank you, Jesus. No. She was smart when it came to gift giving, though. I would get pajamas. I'd open up pajamas. I'd be sweet. Oh, okay, Mom, thanks. Mom, there's no bottom. Oh, you'll get it. Because it counts as two gifts. (laughs) Give the unexpected. (laughs) You see, the wise men weren't really expecting, because they weren't Jewish. So when they gave their gifts, they weren't Jewish. They really had nothing in this. They had just, they knew what the prophecy had said. They'd been studying the skies. So they came to Jesus. They, they were prompted by God to, we got to do this. This is something, history is taking place. They traveled a long way. Nobody ever thought three magi would come and work their way literally weeks and months. And I think about this, 900 miles traveling by camel to get to where they're going. If we're being realistic, think of the time that would take. If we were really being realistic, we would say, Jesus, he's probably a toddler. Did Jesus ever go through terrible twos? Just saying. I don't know. I mean, he's human. But how many have ever been in a restaurant and there's been a two-year-old? And you've thought to yourself, Oh, man. I would parent that kid better than they are. Shut that kid up. I can't enjoy my food. We've all seen that. We've either been associated with a toddler or seen a toddler or had a toddler or whatever. Toddlers are amazing. Because they, they can look right at you and lie and fill their diaper at the same time. but then when you become a parent and you have a toddler your whole perspective changes we've been in line and the kids and they'll just hand it to them and you're thinking i'd never do that wait do you have a two-year-old you'll fight that battle i mean and you may never and that's fine because obviously we need to be parents and make limits but it's amazing how our perspective changes The the best gifts are unexpected gifts. Break out of your routine. Maybe there's somebody you're saying, this year they'll never expect it. I just feel prompted of God. I want to do this. Maybe it's just a phone call. Maybe it's a letter. Maybe it's something simple. But I just wanted to say how much I appreciate or how much I thank you. And and, And don't expect anything in return. Now we have somebody that's even in our church that just recently, they were in they were in a store. And somebody in front of them, they were having trouble, and they just went ahead and said, I'll take care of that. Paid for whatever they were doing. That's unexpected. That's what this Christmas is about, just saying, God, what do you want me to do? Because this is what we do. We fight the battle of what's mine. Mine, mine, mine. When you were little, the first thing you learned was this mine, mine, mine. But if we understand that the money that we have, that we also have to hang on to, It's not yours. It's God's. 
And the test is every week, what do we do with it? If he says, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. Obviously, we, we tithe, we do whatever he says. But above that is offering. What do we do? We are obedient. That's what we do. Secondly, give with no regrets. These wise... These, I was about to say these wise guys. These wise guys... <laughs> Sweet night. They were happy about it. I mean, they gave something and they have no regrets. We've had to give something and, and sometimes I've given big items and, and, and I gotta say physically and, and normally I had, I didn't want to do it. And, and the person, I know, I need to pay you for this. No, just finally, don't, please just take the gift and go. These, these wise men, they, they were happy to do it. Can I say that once you give something, it's no longer yours? So don't put strings on it. I've had people that have said, oh, I need that. Please give me that. I I don't know what I'm going to do. And I gave them that. And as soon as I gave it to them, they turned around and sold it. Right away, my first thing is like, oh, I shouldn't have gave that to you. You know, here's the thing. I did what I was supposed to do. Once you give it, it's gone. Just let it go. Because the strings will mess with you. I should do a message on I got no strings. <laughs> yes, there's somebody, yes, please. She's like, thank you, Jesus. They were on a mission of love, these wise men. I got to give this gift. A guy once said, God, you can have anything that you can pry out of my hands. That's not good. Once you give it, it's gone. They gave with genuine joy, these wise men. They were happy to do it. Here's our third thought. Give from your heart. It was personal. It was meaningful. It was a personal gift. It was tied to them. Something that was of value to them that they knew they could use. It was thought out. Remember I said it was thought out. Now think about this. Joseph and Mary, I mean, they think how life works today. I'm sure it worked the same way back then. There's no room in the end. Could you imagine if Joseph would have said, is there still room? Oh, there's still no room. Is there any room yet? You could just imagine there's going to be somebody that's going to be like, oh, you have to, we'll make room. But that's not what happened because that's not what they had. But these wise men by God were prompted. See, sometimes you don't even understand. I don't understand why I'm giving this gift. God might have set it up. Because gold and all of that, they're going to exchange that And Mary and Joseph are going to need traveling expenses and living expenses. And what are they going to do between now and what they need to get away from Herod? They thought it out. They brought things that would be given to a king. Our last thought this morning. Give the gift of time. Give a gift that will last. Not a farting Santa. <laughs> you see, my wife just put her head down. Oh, she. I did give that one year. True story. Gave it to Curb Dog. Curb, if you're watching online, I don't know if you still have it, but I gave that with a lot of thought. But generally speaking, not that. <laughs> 
Think about what has happened from those wise men. That story 2,000 years plus later is still being told what they gave. That's incredible. When they talk about a gift that will last, it's not one that you can just go down and maybe purchase. Those gifts wear out. They break. Back in the day, how many remember the Happy Meal toys? Man, they were good back in the time, weren't they? I mean, even collectibles. Now you can, I guess, make money on something. Our kid's toy box was lined with Happy Meal toys. And they broke and all of that. Brett, what could we give at Christmas? What are, what are gifts that would never go out of style, would, would last? I'll give you two examples. The gift of memories. The gift of memories. Nothing like a gift of memories. Do something that will create a memory. Look behind me here. Here... On Christmas Eve, my kids, ever since they were little, I would read what I'll read on Christmas Eve when you come and we're together at our service. Luke, that story of the birth of Jesus. I would read it every Christmas Eve, and to this day, they still ask me to read it. Don't get too far carried away with this. But this is the legendary gown that I have to read it in. Now this, stop it. I know what you're doing now. You're all picturing what I look like. In the... <laughs> One year I came down in this not real long ago, a few years back. And my legs are sticking out the other side. And Mallory goes, oh. You don't want your kids to go, oh. So then I came down the next year with a pair of sweatpants with this on. And then I got this. That's not right. You can't have sweatpants on. You'll get nothing. I don't really know how this started. But, you know, it was the night before Christmas and all through the house, Brett wore this stupid robe. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> nightgown sorry <laughs> nightgown uh, enough of that <laughs> but i wanted you to see it so i will i will have to wear that this christmas even now their their spouses they're like is he going to put it on i mean this thing is like going back too far but what i would do is with the kids i would do different things to create memories i you know like just a flashlight and and honestly you know, we'd do stuff like just, you know, I'd put chairs together. I'd get a, a blanket and, and I'd get under here and, and, oh. And we would all sit down on the ground and, and I'd have a flashlight and all the lights would be out. And then I would read that, you know, uh, and the whole Luke. And then the kids would be quiet because it was cool. It was creating something. Sometimes we would just get under the bed covers and I'd use a flashlight. I had a lantern. I tried it this morning and the battery was dead, so I had to bring a flashlight. And I thought I had a bigger blanket, but there you go. But anyway, we create that. And so Christmas Eve, they looked forward to that. Like, has he got it? And I'd come down the steps. This is nuts. And the kids would be like, he's wearing it. He's wearing it. I mean, I almost felt like, you know, I don't know. But they're waiting on the story. They were waiting. He's going to read the story. This is great. Because that was part of their Christmas. 
That was part of the memory. I'm just trying to, I, you know, I'm just trying to help you a little bit. This isn't about what you can run down and buy. It's about whose you are and who you are. Kim and I have had five children. Four of them are very healthy and three of them are married. I still have a single daughter. She's back there, 22 years old. But in our, our first, you're saying, well, that's four, Brett. Well, we had one. Our first was a boy, and his name was Joshua, and he was a stillborn. And so on November 26th was when that all happened. And so that was a hard time. And so coming through Thanksgiving and Christmas of that year was tough. And, and so Kim and I had made up our mind. Now, now listen to me. I want you to hear me. We were not in any mood or Christmas spirit to go out and just shop. We tried. And there'd be people that didn't know what happened. And they'd come up to Kim and, and say, oh, oh, you had your baby. Where's your baby? And, and then she would go back to the car crying. And they'd go, I, did, I didn't know. And I'd be like, it's, it's, you didn't know. Those are times the memories of those are hard. But that year, we would always go as tradition would. We went to my father's house. And mom and dad lived in town. And on Christmas Eve, we, we went there. And nobody from my family, my sisters, kids, and stuff were there, and nobody expected gifts. They weren't, because this wasn't what it was about. Even though there were kids, I think my sister and Jeff had probably talked to them and said, now look, Uncle Brett and Aunt Kim, that probably, this is, you know, I don't know, but I'm just assuming. And so when we got there, you know, we had decided that we would do what I'm about to tell you. And I've shared it before, so I'm going to quickly share it again. I didn't have, we didn't have, you know, to go out and didn't have time, nor were we, you know, I just wasn't in that mindset. But the Lord had impressed on me to create a memory. So what I did was I rented a horse-drawn carriage that night. And, I, and so I had made the arrangements that that night, that horse-drawn carriage would come to my mom and dad's house. And that would be our gift to them. And Kim and I looked at each other before we went in, grabbed each other's hands, and I said, we're going to be in here for two, three hours or more. We can hold it together. She would say, okay. And so then we would squeeze each other's hand, give each other a hug, and go in and paint on the face. You know what I'm saying? Trying to do our best, hold it together. So we did. We went in there, and I tell you, when you give this kind of gift, you kind of live it through the people you're giving it to. I'll never forget my nieces and nephew. I, I told them, and they were so sweet. They were trying not to say anything and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I, was, I remember telling them, and of course now I, I don't have to do this. Because they're grown. Katie's going to help you at the end of service here and give you some direction. But uh, I, I just said, hey, listen. I want you to listen outside. Something's coming. And this is what Uncle Brett and Aunt Kim want to give for you this year. And they're like, what? What? What is it? You know, and I'm like, just, just listen. 
And I still can see Matt with his face pressed up against the glass screen like this. And then he goes, I hear something. I hear something. And he cracked the door open and you could hear this clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. And here comes this carriage with the, the carriage, Christmas lights all around it with a horse drawn carriage comes down their street and pulls up in the drive. And the kids are freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh. And we're like, get your coats on. You get to go ride. We get to go ride. Yes. And so they rode up and down the street singing Christmas carols. And that night, people came out of their houses and were waving. I was like watching White Christmas. Here it comes, old boy. Snow, 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 snow. It won't be long. You know, I mean, it was just awesome. And the kids were laughing and happy. And people were waving, Merry Christmas. And that was going up and down and around the block. That's what Christmas is about. What's under your tree? Let me read something to you and I'll close. They were going to be all they wanted to be tomorrow. None would be braver or kinder than they tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and wearied they knew would be glad for a lift and he needed it too and on him they would call and see what they could do tomorrow. Each morning they stacked up the letters they'd write tomorrow. Thought of the folks they would fill with delight tomorrow. The greatest of people they just might have been. The world would have opened its heart to them, but in fact they passed on and faded from view. And all they left when their living was through was a mountain of things they intended to do tomorrow. Could I encourage you today, don't wait. Let this Christmas be one that you could say, you know what? Maybe you'll start a tradition. You can't have my robe. But... You can get your own, but you could start something that maybe it's something that you would do that it's just your family would enjoy. A wise man once said, keep short accounts. One of the saddest things I've seen as a pastor is I get to do a lot of different things. I've done many weddings, done many funerals. When I do a funeral, so many times I hear people say, I wish I would have said this. I wish I could have told them that. I wish I would have done this. Life is short in our realm. But let's make the most of it. Let's see what's under our tree this year. Let's pull something from our heart. Let's pull something... You know, and there's nothing wrong with getting a good gift. So please don't get me wrong. You might have been like, great, I just went and spent. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, if that's what they needed, sometimes that's great. You know what I'm saying? They needed something like that, and you supplied that need. That's a beautiful gift. But begin to ask yourself, what could I do this year? How could I spread the love of Christmas, the giving, the receiving? How could I be wise like these men and celebrate the birth of our Savior and be such a good example? The other thing, past memories, I could tell you is a godly heritage. Give your children or your grandchildren a godly heritage. I've got godly parents. My wife's got godly parents. That's a wonderful thing. The things that you do, the things that we've done in our children will be passed down to their children. To our grandkids because there's plenty more coming right Mal 
<laughs> Let's not wait till tomorrow. <laughs> this year will be the season of giving. I want to encourage you to enjoy this season. Embrace it. Embrace the ones that are closest to you. Embrace the ones that you love. Look at your children. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how much they mean to you. Tell them about God. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them how important it is that they walk like that. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, I've done my best with every head bowed and every eye closed. Perhaps there's someone here that says, PB, I need Jesus. And you want me to pray with you. That's the best. The gift is already there. You just have to unwrap it today. Whether you're coming back to the Lord or maybe it's the first time, if that's you, I want you just to put your hand up and I want to pray with you. I won't embarrass you, I promise. Father, I'm going to believe that you're ministering to their hearts right now. I pray, God, that this season is the best Christmas ever. That you become so real to them, they just enjoy that you are really the reason for the season. As we leave this place today, Father, let us have a a fresh anointing, a fresh viewpoint. Help us get perspective. God, we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, you guys are a wonderful audience. I thank you. It's 12.03, so I apologize for, I'm not trying to be long-winded. But again, we had a little extended worship, and that's all right. Um, So we're going to bless the Lord in our giving today.